Hi, I'm Judy Carter, and this is the Power of Purpose podcast, where we explore how to live a purposeful life and how creative people like yourself can make a living doing what you love. And um, Jason and I, we both work for ourselves, mm-hmm. right? Um, uh, we've created our own jobs and mm-hmm. seem to make a, a living at it. And yet, you and I are very different. We are. We are. Very opposite when it comes to certain <laughs> things, yes. As many of our listeners have pointed out. <laughs> I'm kind of out there just like uh, going by the seat of my pants, which mm-hmm. has gotten me through yeah. life. A lot of gut instinct, a lot of shooting from the hip. Absolutely shooting from the hip. I, I don't usually have goals. Just people say, oh, you should do this. And I'll go, okay. Mm-hmm. And, and some of the things are great and some of the things I've wasted several years of my life but it's been an adventure it seems to have worked out mm-hmm. um so you had this idea for we should do on this session something really different yeah so so because we are polar opposites I and unlike Judy I am super goal-oriented like left I've been, brain left, left brain, brain I've been ma- maintaining like the same group of journals for the last ye- few years I have very regimented ways of doing things uh, everything is, is very much, you know, workflow and process oriented. So we thought on, uh, this podcast, we would address three different problems, three different things, I guess you could say that come across what lots of creatives are dealing with and kind of attack it using both of our each different ways, the way Judy goes about it and the way I would go about it. And we tried to keep these questions as general as possible so they could apply to everybody. And, uh, and some of them are about, you know, getting physical tasks done or things done. Some of them are mindset questions and some are just, you know, emotional, ethereal problems that, that, you know, you as a creative are going to face. Uh, but we thought we'd take this and then split up the answers and, and kind of take you through how Judy would do it being, you know, her type of, of person and how I would do it uh, being my type of person. So do you want to start with the first question? Well, there? yeah, this is a question a lot of people um, have is how do they finish something? Mm, you know, okay. like I want to write a book. Yeah. I want to do a one person show. I want to do X, Y, and Z. Um, I personally have this right now that I've been wanting to finish my uh, the new comedy Bible. Um, and I can't seem to get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of excuses, a lot of, I have a lot of, I'm very busy doing other things mm-hmm. and I can't seem to get to it. Yeah. All right. So how do we do this? So do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I'll, well, you know, since you asked the question, I'll answer first and then you, okay, then I'll sounds ask good. you the next question. Sounds good. As you can go, see, we, we prepared this really well. Uh, so yeah, so you're trying to get your thing done. Now, number one, the first thing that I always like to do is I always like to put a hard date on the calendar and say, all right, by this date, period, drop dead. I am, I am going to be done. And I always like to give it on a big round number on a first, the 15th, the 31st, you know, beginning, middle, end of a month, something like that. Uh, and, uh, and I just put that on the calendar and I, and I also write it down on a sheet of paper and stick it on the wall or on my mirror. I have one of, uh, right on my mirror in my bedroom. I have a ton of those types of things. And usually I get like the big butcher paper kind of things and stick them right on there. So, that's a, a relatively, you know, simple first step. The second thing I do is if it's something that I've been working on for a while, 
I would say, okay, what if I had to be done now? I don't get to write another word. I don't get to paint another stroke. I don't get to come up with another line or thing. This is what, this is what I have to turn in. If I was to read that and go, oh, what? Oh God, this is, this is terrible. Well, why is it terrible? Or what is it missing? If you were taking on the mindset of someone who had to review that work for a final thing, what would they write down and say, this is missing? This needs this, this needs that. You're sort of reversing the roles and through that creating your to-do list. Now, if you don't have anybody to share your work with, um, you, you'll sometimes have to do this yourself, but if you have a trusted person, you can be like, hey, if this was finished right now, what would you think? Oh, I'm only you know three chapters into my 20 chapter book. If I turned this in and said, this is it, what would you say? And I'm sure they'd come back with, well, who's this and what's that? And where does this go? And what happens at the end here? They're going to give you that nice detailed to-do list of this is all the stuff I need to get done. I should be getting all of these items done. Finally, third step, um, I am big about compartmentalizing things. I am big about creating a huge list, a big brain dump of these are all the tasks. This is all the stuff I'd like to do. I'd want to do. I can consider myself doing. I don't, you know, I just dump it all on a big sheet of paper, no order, no anything like that. Then take that list and break it down into priorities next. Okay, what's the most important thing? What's the thing that if I didn't do this thing, the whole thing would fall apart. Break it down into priorities. And then I take those chunks and I chunk them out even more. I make them even smaller. The biggest problem is people are always looking to the moon instead of the next step. And that's the thing. I try to create, especially if I'm trying to to do like, let's say I'm doing a massive edit. I was doing a, a three and a half hour long video uh, a few months back. And I just, to think of all the stuff I would have to do, I just, it just drove me insane to think of it. Oh, I have three and a half hour video to create. No, I broke it down every day into the smallest bite-sized pieces I could that I could allow myself to do. And I just concentrated on that one tiny piece. If you're writing a book, if it's that just one paragraph, let me get one paragraph done today and then walk away. So much so that I want to make the bite-side pieces so small that when I am done with that piece, I still have a little bit more in the tank to do more. I would, I'm kind of anxious. I'm like, yeah, I kind of want to write some more, but nope, I cut myself off right then and there and say, that's it. This is all I'm doing in the hope that some of that residual energy will carry over to the next day's task and the next day and the next day. True. If you're on deadline, you can't stay with it that, that entire time, but hopefully that residual energy of, Oh, I could do just a little bit more. I could do just a little bit more. Oh, this has gotten me excited about doing this next piece carries on to the next day and next day and next day. So when you start getting closer to Mr. Deadline, you can now go, all right, I'm ready to go because that energy is built up. And now it's like, all right, let's knock this thing out and you can get it finished. Well, those are really good tips. You know, having the hard date on the deadline, you know, on your calendar. And I love how specific it's either the first, the 15th or the 31st. It's so anal retentive. But okay. All right. And then you make a list of, you know, what what is what is missing? Mm -hmm. You know, what people say? And then you also prioritize. Okay, well, my list of how to get it done is is very different. But I do see now that this is the first book that I'm self publishing. Mm. And um, I, um, my last book was with St. Martin's Press and 
I had it done the day they wanted. And my editor <laughs> said like, and I sweated it. I had someone like live with me the last weekend. I read the entire book to her. Mm. You know, I just like, this is a deadline. I had to do it. And, and fear drove me the whole time not to miss this. Right. Yeah. And um, that fear was really great. Mm-hmm. And now I see without it, um, um, I'm floundering because I'm self-published. I'll get done when I'll get done yeah, this exactly. year, next year, whatever. You know, um, so so um, one way I'm doing that is now I have uh, signed a contract with an indie press, oh, and okay. they're going to give me a date that it has to be done by, and we're going to be going in production, and I have to have it done. So fear, for me, rules me. The other thing is is every day um, to go a small bite of it, like to do a small piece of it, commit to it. But I have to commit to another person. Okay, so I I am mostly um, driven by the fear of punishment. Hmm. Okay, this is actually Jewish motivation. <laughs> like I have a thing where uh, like at four o'clock I was working, I was starving, I go, you can't eat anything until you finish this. Okay. So I give myself punishments. Mm. Okay. So this this is your voice sounds much healthier and I'm beginning <laughs> I don't like this podcast because I really <laughs> I'm really sound like a whack job here. Right? I really do. But I have, you know, um, you know, commit to it and then I give myself like a reward. So mm. like I'll say I can have a three point weight watcher cookie. <laughs> when I'm done, and I'll give myself little rewards mm. for having done it. Um, the other thing I find is um, uh, <laughs> this is so me. I was um, decided I was going to take a patch of my backyard mm-hmm. and make a garden. So I built a fence around it, and it was like I guess what was it like, fifteen feet by fifteen feet, ten feet by something like that. And then I planted all this stuff, mm-hmm. okay? And then it grew. And then it was like, oh, what the F? I couldn't even get in there. <laughs> like, I made this little thing. I put a little gate in it. But I went in. It was just all grown. And mm-hmm. it was a d- disaster. And there were weeds. And I couldn't, you know. And then I read this book that kind of changed my life called The Square Foot Gardener that said, you take your big area and then you break that up with planks into um you know small areas and then you can walk on the planks of wood and then each little area you then divide up and you plant your vegetables in there so it's all broken up broken up broken up broken up and that taught me how to write a book Mm. because i have written five books so i have gotten something done so um but you can't just go i'm gonna write a book and i'm gonna do a play it's like all right let's just work on you know uh, the first chapter let's break that up so i found this really great software called scrivener and scrivener allows me to break everything up and move things around and it's super easy uh uh t- to work with and um that's that's my suggestion so i i think we're pretty yeah, we're kind of aligned. On, we're kind on this, of aligned except on for that. my punishment reward. Yeah, you, you have a lot more fear and incentive-based kind of stuff. It's a little I've, bit more emotional. Yeah, and I've yeah. spent a lot of money hiring people. to. Like when I wrote um, the Comedy Bible, I did have a deal with Simon & Schuster. And I also had a terrible writer's block. And I did hire someone just to sit with me mm-hmm. on the couch 
and if I fell asleep to poke me. Ah. And that was that was with his hands. And that was his job. Bada boom, bada bing. All, All right. right. Next Let's question. Let's move on to I next ask, one. You're okay. going to give the answer first this time. Okay. So oh, this, oh. Is, this, this is more of, less of a question and more of a problem that creatives have. And yeah. it says, I am so pissed that, we'll just say, somebody got something that and I didn't get it. So let's break it down into an actor. I'm so pissed that Bob got the role on that show. I saw him in the audition room. Bob sucks. I should have gotten that role. I'm so mad that, you know, she won that writing contest because I read her stupid screenplay and it was not good and derivative. And I should have won that thing. Why did they get it? And I didn't. Yes. Okay. So I think we're dealing with um, both envy and jealousy. And um, jealousy is a bit of a hostile, is, is very hostile. And it creates a lot of hatred in yourself. I, I, had, I, I went through that when I was trying to be an actor. And then I would see people get things. And then I wouldn't want to watch them because it made me feel things that I was uncomfortable with, you know, that kind of anger and hatred. Um, envy, to me, is I'm envious of them because I want that. Now, let's just look at that because that, to me, what someone told me, and I think this is a really good thing, is that envy makes you aware of what you want. Mm. So... So what I try and do, um, my solution to this is to turn it around and to go, um, it's really not about this person. It's really not about that role. It's really about what I want and my own frustration about not getting it. And I really want that. And I need to admit to the world that that's what I want. That's what I'm going for. Then I have to ask myself, what exactly am I doing to get that? Mm -hmm. Am I taking acting classes? <laughs> am I going out and auditioning? No, because rejection was too painful for me, mm. right? I used to go out and audition, and I would, like, by the time I walked to the guard gate, I'd go, oh, do you have a gun? Please shoot me. I was so painful. So I then found, like, okay, this is what I want to do. How else can I do this where I'm not constantly auditioning and, and because my character, it, it didn't work for me, who mm -hmm. I am as a person, of putting, being put in that situation all the time. I didn't have that kind of stamina. So I feel that envy is a good thing. Look at it and you go, I want that. What is that person doing to get what they want? And how much are you doing to get that? And how, do you, how can you up your game to be there? And so you can turn that into something motivational. Mm, okay. All right. So on my end... You're going to say something so much better, I know. <laughs> I just know it. So I, I deal a lot with uh, the concept of aware but don't compare. And I also am a big believer in how much is your time worth. So if I am asking myself the question, and I'm just going to put names in so this is easy, how did Bob get that role and I didn't get it because I'm so much better, I should have gotten it. 
the amount of time that you spent into researching how that Bob got that thing that you didn't get was time, energy, possibly money that you stole from yourself doing the things that you should be doing. I see actors, I see creatives, people all the time, constantly online looking up what other people are accomplishing. They spend hours a day going, oh, so-and-so did this. Oh, I heard so-and-so got that. No, no, this and that and this thing. And oh, the, she got that. Well, what, da, 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 da. If you took all that time and spent it on your thing, you would be way further ahead than you are right now. One of the biggest time sucks is like, yes, envy can be a motivation, but you better, in my mind, not go searching for envious things because you only got so much time on this planet and you've only got so much energy and you've only got so much bandwidth. If you're allowing that comparison to come in and that comparison is stealing time, energy and bandwidth from the thing that you want to do. You're robbing yourself. You're putting a gun to your own head and stealing your own opportunities from yourself. So first question is, why are you spending time looking up what Bob's doing? If you've asked, if, if you're going, oh, well, yeah, I spent about 30 minutes on thing. Oh, he posted this thing on Facebook. So I had to read every single congratulatory comment he got. And then I had to go look up the show and then I had to go read that. And then I had to go do the, and then, and then, and then, and then, and then that's just time spooling away from your thing. The other thing too is, yeah, there is a place for being said, hey, I want to be aware of what's happening in my market, in my world, but you should be aware of it and not compare. The moment you start comparing, you are stealing time, energy, and bandwidth from the thing you should be doing. So I know that's very rough <laughs> and that's a that's an inset thing for a lot of uh, people, especially performers. If you can, if you can take that energy and say, all right, instead of looking at what they got and then getting mad, I am going to turn it into appreciation. That's another angle you can go for. Maybe you need to be going out and just seeing more stuff. Maybe you need to go and out and start. What about what about turning it into a, a coattail strategy? Well, I mean, you could do that, too, if you wanted to. I mean, I'm not a big believer in that kind of stuff because. Anytime you're doing a, a jump off of someone else's thing, you're not doing your thing. Not so, necessarily. I mean, I'm, well, it depends on what it is. It depends yeah, on like, what it like, is. Like uh, one of my students, Dan Ninen, mm -hmm. um, who does stuff about being um, Indian, mm -hmm. and uh, Russell Peters, mm -hmm. you know, is like, well, doing, you know, his thing and making a billion dollars, one of the richest comics in Forbes magazine. And Dan got to open for him. Yeah. He well, see, in that case. Him. And then he wrote his coattails. And well, now... he's not wrote coattails. They collaborated. That's a collaboration right yeah. there. That's an, hey, I've got a thing that goes along with your thing. Let's work together and make both our things better. That's that's fantastic. You you find that. You find like-minded people, you know, and that's where the appreciation comes from. I think that's true. I, I'm going to agree with you on this because I think turn it around by appreciating because what you don't realize is Bob who got that is suffering because he's insecure yep. and he's probably getting bad notes yep. and you know it's it's a tough world right now yep. and so we all can use appreciation and believe me it's so misleading on Facebook and social media everybody mm -hmm. look how fast fabulous i am yep. no you're not you're miserable and it's like such the a rest time of us too you know yeah. it's just so so you know get back that time 
show some appreciation, and if you can, turn it into a collaboration. So the last question we have here. How come I can't seem to make money from doing my thing? Yes. How can I? Why? Why can't I make any money from doing my thing? Thing, right? Let you go first. Oh boy! You know this is a tough one because um, it depends what your thing is. I mean, my solution to this is to when a door slams, look for a window that opens, mm-hmm. right? If you're not getting, like if you're doing stand-up, you're doing stand-up, I can't, I can't seem to get paid. Well, it's really not your fault because club owners are not paying stand-ups very much money. The only people who get paid are people who can put people in seats. Mm. That's the end of the story. So I think this whole thing is to get off your own back Mm-hmm. and to see, to start making some attempts on being that person who can fill seats. So what making a living is all about, which I've learned from when I was eight years old, and I had a b- magic show business for birthday parties, mm-hmm. and I had my little database. My CRM was a little recipe box with index cards, mm-hmm. and and what I did was I wrote about each client on the card, right, who they were. And this is before we had social media and everything. And um, every year I resold to them. And I was making quite a lot of money. So I learned the essentials of marketing myself. Mm. And that is making money is not about getting from other people, but giving to other people. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so much, many books on leadership, but but there's nothing written about followership because I think in order to get followers, you need to be a good follower. Mm. You need to really connect to people. So whoever your audience is, let's say your audience is, um, like you're working stand-up clubs. I'm not making any money. Well, you're not going to make money in stand-up clubs. They mm. don't pay comics money. Yeah. Look who pays comics money. And, and and start working like that. Like, like some people are like, well, you know, I'm older and I can't get any bookings and I'm a comic and I can't get any, any bookings at all. Yeah, well, why don't you start your own thing um, like baby boomer comedies and pitch it to some senior citizens home and bring your comedy show in there and they pay. Mm-hmm. So I think the whole thing is look for that window that opens Stop beating your head against the wall trying to get money out of somebody who's never going to pay you Mm -hmm. because the competition is just way too fierce and focus on what your niche is and where you can make money. As a kid, it was a birthday party business. Mm -hmm. I focused every... And and each year I kept coming back. I had so many repeat... Hello, Mrs. Johnson. Yes, this year we've added the accordion and we help cutting the cake. You know, so <laughs> yeah. whatever it is, what's your what's your thing on this? What's your take? Uh, number one is taking this question itself, and it says, "I can't make money from doing my thing." So here's the first step: a little bit of mirror work, a little bit of intensity. Right now, you need to ask yourself deeply, honestly, and truly. Look yourself right in the mirror when you say this: "Am I really?" doing my thing. I hear so many people 
come and say, oh, I, you know, I couldn't make any money doing that. I couldn't make any money doing that. I couldn't make any money doing this creative or that creative or whatever. And then I'd say, all right, well, what did you do? Oh, well, you know, I wrote and I thing and I and I did this one thing and I and I'm like, OK, so you didn't do your thing. You tried your thing. And then when it didn't make you any money, you were like, this thing doesn't make me any money. People who do their thing are doing their thing. OK, a comic who just got paid to open is running across town and doing an open mic the same night because they're just doing their thing. A screenwriter is working on their script, whether they've got an option, whether they've got a producer or whether they're writing it on the back of a napkin. They are doing their thing. You are constantly need to be doing your thing. So get right up in front of that mirror, look yourself right in the eyes and say, am I truly doing my thing? And I'm going to guarantee you that a majority of people are not actually truly doing their thing. Now, if your answer is yes, I'm going to also go a little bit with what Judy was talking about, which you need to do your homework. You need to get out there and do some research because there are so many paths to make money doing the things that you do. Okay. You need to research all the other jobs. Like when we had the, uh, the, the Gary Cannon webinar, I was amazed how many people didn't even know what a warm-up comic was. <laughs> right. They don't know of all the options yeah. available that people will pay you if you so, can make people laugh. So you need to take a little bit of that energy that you were committing to your doing and put it into some research. And you need to go out and you need to go online and you need to go to places and you need to look up jobs and you need to... You need to Go out and get out of your comfort zone because some people are amazing doers. They get in there, they can write all damn day and, you know, never use the restroom and just go and go and go. But they'll, you know, they'll have 10,000 novels that no one will ever see because they never leave the, the desk. You've got to get out of your comfort zone, do some research and figure out all of the variety of things that you can do to make money with your thing. But first and foremost, Get in front of that mirror and ask yourself, am I actually doing, doing my, my thing? thing? And yeah. then see who's paying for it or what kind of hybrid people mm -hmm. are paying for it, yeah. right? Because yeah, the other thing, too, is if you have that work ethic, you can apply that work ethic to millions of things. Millions of things, but you have to find where there's opportunity. So if you're going like, I don't know, I keep making VHS tapes and nobody wants to yeah. buy them, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Hey, you might want to research what wanna, is selling yeah. and what isn't selling. Mm. If you would like to learn more about turning your purpose into a career, go to themessageofyou.com where I'll give you free access to my online course. Click the button in the top banner when you get there. If you'd like to learn more about what I'm doing, then go to judycarter.com. Thanks for listening, and let's find your message and launch your career. <laughs>